Hey, I'm Will, and this is Benj. We're both church planners trying to work out how to form churches in this post-pandemic world. I lead a church that's trying to grow big. And I lead a church that's trying to grow small. But we share an interest in the beautiful and diverse future of the church in Australia. What will it look like? How will it adapt and innovate and thrive? If you're asking these questions too, then join us as we host a range of conversations with diverse thinkers and practitioners around what comes next. Welcome to the Forming Church Podcast, brought to you by Gen 1K and our vision to see a thousand healthy churches in a generation. Welcome to episode one of the Forming Church Podcast, and we are glad you're here and we're glad you're uh, listening with us. My name is Benj and I have with me William Small. Now, Benj, you and I know each other quite well. We've, uh, we've done a few things together, hung out a few times. Uh, but there are people listening to this, presumably, who have no idea who we are. Uh, so, who is Benj Gould? Oh man, that is a that is a uh, that's a deep. Do question. you know the answer to that <laughs> question? I don't, I don't know the answer to that question yet. Uh, so, I um, I live on the central coast of New South Wales in Australia, and I am a church planter, married to uh, my wife Mel. We've been married for eight years. And uh, we live in a little place called Long Jetty, and we planted a church there uh, 18 months ago. It's called Greenhouse Church. And uh, yeah, we've been going on that journey. What about you? Well, before what about me, I just want to <laughs> clarify. In the intro, you said this cool little line. You said, I'm trying to lead a church that's trying to grow big. What does that mean? Yeah, uh, look, I, I feel like it doesn't does really it mean come you off. have a huge ego. Yeah, I feel <laughs> like it doesn't come off as as cool. More as you know, I just I um I have identity problems. That's what it sounds <laughs> like. But um, no, I've I've been informed um, by a, a bunch of different streams of church. Um, I studied at Hillsong College, been on staff at a you know mid-sized Baptist church. Uh, very influenced in terms of my church planting journey by the ARC movement, which is the Association of Related Churches out of um, the States. And um, yeah, I, I just sort of felt like my, my gift mix, what I felt called to uh, sort of suited planting a more, uh, a larger high impact kind of church. Not that other churches aren't high impact, but something that actually um, is a, a really felt presence in a neighborhood. We felt mm. really called to our particular neighborhood in Long Jetty. And um, I feel like the way to impact is, is people. And uh, the more people that are genuinely, authentically following Jesus, committed to a neighborhood, the larger the impact can be. And so we sort of say that, uh, you know, I'm growing a big church, I'm growing a small church, and it's kind of clickbaity in some senses. But um, but I think it, <laughs> I think it's a good hook, you know, it gets people past yeah, that yeah. first 30 yeah, seconds. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. is there going to be a fight here? That's what it makes me think. Is yeah. there going to be some sort of showdown? Maybe maybe small? we could have a showdown. Maybe. We'll you see. know what? The problem is I like you too much. <laughs> and uh, if I wasn't planting my church, I'd be very happy to be at yours and under your leadership. But um, Oh, thank you. What about your church? Yeah, I, my church... And me. Do I get to talk about me? You got to talk a bit about you. Sure, you can talk about you. Uh, I have uh, uh, two little kids, Noah and Leo, almost five and almost three. And I'm married to Sam. We've been married for a similar time to you and Mel, around eight years. And we live on the Central Coast. And uh, we recently planted a church in the midst of a pandemic, which was uh, great timing. But basically, our thinking has been probably more informed by kind of 
missional, incarnational movements are seeking to return to models of church that are more roundtable style than from a stage to a, to a crowd style. And I think there's benefits in both. And I definitely, um, you and I were serving together at, at a church that we both love and is part of our kind of network. And what I get excited about is the fact that we represent three quite different churches that are committed to the same heart. And so the way that uh, Sam and I are doing church, we call it Church for the Spiritual Misfits. It's for people that, you know, due to either social anxiety or kind of uh, big questions or just feeling uh, various reasons, uh, you know, why they might be excluded in kind of a mainstream church gathering. We're trying to create environments that are very safe, that are very hospitable and relational. Um, But I think we absolutely share your desire to be a felt presence in the neighborhood, to be a force for uh, restoration and reconciliation and all that good stuff. That's good. When you say you want to grow small, what does that really mean? Does that mean you don't want to grow? It's a good question. I think for me it means it's, I have this whole thing around my last name is small and I actually consider that to be like this little gift, this reminder that actually greatness is not always found in bigness but there's like a beauty in accepting our smallness, relying on God to be the one who is big. I don't have to you know, strain to reach certain metrics. And again, there's nothing wrong with that, but we want to probably grow more in terms of uh, inwards and then outwards through multiplication. So our, our dream as a church is not to grow bigger and get into the next venue, uh, but to, to establish more small spaces for people to be known and seen that kind of people then go out and start new spaces like that. So we're early in the journey, but just like you, Benj, uh, for me, part of making this podcast is about asking people who have gone on similar journeys and different journeys before us, what have you learned? What, what can you impart to us? How can we do this with uh, a greater diversity of input so that we're not kind of just being our own little trailblazer, but learning from the wisdom of, of those who have gone before us and those who are going alongside us? Yeah. Absolutely. And we're really excited about this season. We've got some incredible guests lined up. Um, But we have with us today, uh, Jamie Freeman. Welcome, Jamie. Thanks, guys. Great to be here. One who has gone before us and alongside us. Jamie, you have uh, planted a church in the past yourself and are now in a role where you are helping others to plant churches. Why don't you just share a little bit of your backstory and uh, what was the church you planted? How'd you end up where you are today? Yeah, thanks guys. So I'm husband to Ainsley and father to Levi, August and Rufus. We live on the Northern Beaches in Sydney, which is where we planted a church uh, a bit over 10 years ago now called H3O. And so for us, a really key motivator in planting the church was about having an integrated faith. Um, Similar to you guys, I had background in large church, um, medium-sized church, and um, I had background in charismatic evangelical churches, uh, strong Bible teaching evangelical churches. And I wanted to see what it looked like um, where all of those things were brought together in an integrated faith in which discipleship was prioritized. So we talked about having uh, a faith of the head, heart and hands, which is where H3O came from. And um, rather than prioritizing um, experiential uh, worship and uh, at the expense of head knowledge that those two things went together but they also flowed out into the way in which we inhabited the world uh, the neighborhood in which we gathered oh, that's awesome and that seems to have informed uh, a lot of your vision around your current role um, can you tell us a little bit about that like what you're doing right now and I, I was just chatting with will this morning and it seems like in, in many ways um, 
our journey of being in a network, being separate churches that are very different, different styles, but choosing to collaborate together really comes from some of your story and, and your heart. Can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah, I think for from my perspective, it's really healthy to see a diversity of churches. And in my role as team leader for mission uh, for Gen 1K, our, our heart is not to prioritise one expression, but to see uh, a mixed economy or a blended economy of expressions of church that work together to see the transformation of a neighbourhood. We know that some people will be drawn to the smaller expressions that are highly relational and adaptive, agile, um, move with people's situations. But we also recognise that some people prefer structure and um, there's some real benefits in these larger churches that can uh, work alongside council and provide services in a community. And that as those things work together, we actually see the transformation of people and the transformation of place. And so that's where what we're encouraging churches to do is to form these networks uh, that are diverse in expression, that can learn from one another and harness that learning and that relationship um, to join in what God's doing. Amazing. We're going to talk a little bit more in a moment about the uh, the vision of the Baptist Association, which is quite an audacious and uh, large-scale, you know, it's an ambitious vision. We're going to get to that. But first, I'd love to just hear, Jamie, like if you could go back and talk to you now before you planted that church, was what would you say to that version of you? It's okay. Don't strive. Don't try too hard. Don't find your identity in what you're doing. Just trust in God. Um, see what's before you. See who's before you and, and step into that. Um, I think often, uh, not just in church planting, but more broadly in ministry, we find our identities in what we do. Uh, but that's, that's then hard because the results then uh, impact uh, the way in which we approach everything, the, dis- the way we make decisions and also uh, the way we reflect on those decisions that we've made. And so coming into that space, it, we've got to do our thing, which is love, make disciples, um, partner with others. The results are God's thing. And, and so just trusting the results to God, but really um, uh, doing the things that he's placed before us. So good. If you hear nothing else, listen to what Jamie just said. It's great advice. But if you're listening to this, you know, maybe you're uh, at the beginning of thinking about church planting. Maybe you are someone who's kind of an entrepreneurial force in your community and you want to know how can I integrate my faith in my, in my business or, or maybe you're somebody who's, um, you know, a, a primary parent in your household and thinking about these same ideas. Whoever you are, we want to equip you to ask how can I get involved in what God is doing? Yeah, it's great. And I think so much of uh, the strength of the future of the church, and, I, and you know, we ask a question to a lot of our guests, what gives you hope about the future of the church? And for me, one of those things is the integration of different streams of thinking, like you were talking about, Jamie, you know, the integration of, of you know, uh, Bible and spirit, the integration of um, spiritual formation, being committed to a local neighborhood, and, you know, uh, maybe larger forms of thinking. Um, and all that sort of stuff is uh, only going to make us bigger people. Mm. And um, the more that we can, we can expand our view and uh, our, our ears of who we're listening to, who we're drawing from, actually the better we'll become. Even if we don't agree with some of the stuff, it helps us to really think through and ask better questions about what we're doing and, and the things that we are leading and what they are becoming. So yeah. it's, it's really exciting. It, it actually really excites me thinking about, I don't know, the, I've spent a lot of time and maybe many of us have spent a lot of time looking back at what the church has been and 
um, either critiquing that or evaluating that, sometimes celebrating that, sometimes grieving that. And I think that's all healthy. I think it's important to look at where we've been because it does inform where we're going. But what really excites me about this podcast is actually the kind of posture of what could come next. What could we participate in? What could we, how could we reimagine? And how could we take what we can learn from the past but also believe that God is constantly the great innovator, the great, the great renewal, um, you know, he, he's in the process of making all things new, including the church. So in a, in a post-pandemic, post-Christian, post-modern, post-podcast, post-whatever world we're living in, I am genuinely excited to ask what could come next, what might be happening among us. So this audacious vision that I uh, spoke of before, Jamie, do you want to share what this vision is with us? Yeah, well, I suppose it's our vision because uh, as a movement, we're an association of churches. We're made up of uh, small churches, large churches and everything in between, all a diversity of expression as we already talked about. And our collective vision is to become a thousand healthy churches in a generation throughout New South Wales and the ACT. And the story exists before me, and uh, so I've only heard it and been inspired by it. I wasn't a part of seeing it come um, to the floor years ago. But the thing that keeps coming back to me is this whole idea that movements start with one. And uh, 25 years ago, uh, there was two church planters in our movement that wanted to not just plant one church, but to plant a church that planted churches. And uh, this big dream for them to plant a church that planted churches led them to ask different questions because big dreams do that. They cause us to ask different questions. They cause us to depend on God. And, and so what they did is that they set aside AJ for a broader role to work with other churches in their region because they knew that if they were to do that, they needed to work together. And what emerged from that season in the Hunter region was this goal of uh, 100 churches. They called it the H100 goal, the H100 vision. And then kind of parallel to that was a bunch of conversations that were happening uh, more broadly within our association of churches about uh, what is the future? What is this new thing that God is doing? And how do we need to restructure in order to be a part of that? Um, a lot of our structures were old, 50, 60 years old, and they weren't fit for purpose for this new season of life and ministry and faith together. And so these, these kind of parallel conversations converged, and, and what we saw uh, emerge was this uh, vision for a thousand healthy churches uh, across New South Wales and the ACT. And then we saw other regions uh, begin to uh, set their own goals. So Greater West for Christ, uh, they set a goal around 100 churches, suburban transformation, which cr sparked more creativity and innovation and different ways of working together, which then sparked another region of churches working together. So this whole idea for me um, that movements start with one, I think is incredibly powerful as you guys go out to plant churches and as you start and form networks is God can do amazing things through you. Uh, he already is and, and the opportunity is, is really set before you and that excites me to see young guys like you stepping out into all that God has. That's good. You said that um, big vision causes you to ask big questions, which I love. What are some of the questions that have come out of that big vision of seeing a thousand healthy churches in a generation? Because it is a big goal. There's 300 and something 
odd churches right now in our association. Yep. How, how many are healthy? <laughs> that's the question I want to know. <laughs> yeah, that's a great question. And what does health look like? Yeah. Yeah. Because a healthy thing isn't, like a healthy relationship isn't a, a relationship devoid of conflict, is it? Mm. And so for me, I think health is really about fruitfulness um, and that you can have conflict and you can have um, all sorts of um, things that might seem unhealthy, but if you're working together and growing and reproducing, that that's actually a sign of health. But that's not what you're asking there. I think there's really practical questions around um, what are our structures, what are our processes, what are our behaviours. And um, in order to see like large-scale change like that, we need to um, reimagine what those things look like. So in terms of our processes, we've got things like an assessment discernment process for church planters. Uh, There's a whole bunch of coaching that's available to church planters. But then organisationally, we're restructuring around these smaller networks and regions. And then when when it comes down to behaviours, there's certain um, behaviours around disciple-making and leadership development that need to be core at uh, across all of our churches that who we are is that we're reproducing at every level. And uh, so, yeah, I, I'd kind of talk about it in those three areas of structures, processes and behaviours. One of the things that makes me think is that this conversation is relevant to uh, the church that's 50 years old as much as it's relevant to the church that's one year old because it's kind of this invitation. I love how, you know, I asked you, what's the Baptist Association's vision? And you reminded me that that's our vision, that we are a part of it, that everybody gets to play in this game and that whatever church context you're in, whether it's, uh, you know, kind of regional or in a city or um, whether it's old or new, like actually all of us need to be kind of wrapping our minds around how do we, with what we have and where we are, um, begin to imagine what this could look like for us. And it's going to look different in every place. Yeah, it, it's, it's exciting. It's a, it's a big, big vision. Big vision causes people to get bigger and uh, ask better questions. I love that. And it causes us to, to depend on God yeah. because the, the vision is well beyond us. And I think that's, that's the key thing. If like some people go, oh, wow, that number is so big. You know what, if we ended up with 700 or 800 or 600, the, the whole point of it is that this is beyond us. Mm-hmm. If it's going to be realized, it is totally up to God and it causes us to pray. It causes us to come together as God's people to discern his heart and his will and to lean into that. And I think that's, that's really the core of what this is about. Yeah, it's great. I'm interested to know what your part in this vision is, what your role actually is, what your sort of day-to-day, week-to-week looks like uh, working towards a, a crazy goal like a thousand healthy churches. Yeah, so I am the team leader for Mission and um, and that's based here in New South Wales in the ACT. So in, in our team, we have kind of three departments, evangelism, community engagement and church multiplication. So in our evangelism, uh, for us, that's evangelism and discipleship. So uh, we've got an evangelism consultant and there's a number of ways that we can support and resource churches in in that space. Uh, Then we've got community engagement. Uh, Again, that's about helping churches, uh, those who are existing and those who are yet to uh, be birthed, uh, understand and listen and know their community. And then join with God and see what new thing emerges out of that space. So it's, it's, a, it's a way of seeing our community um, and seeing how God is at work and joining him in that. And then we also have our um, church multiplication team that 
run the discernment process, um, that coach church planters, that help to develop these networks and um, and push into these local government area strategies that are about seeing transformation through the planting uh, of new churches and the revitalization of existing ones. That's great. That's awesome. I'd love to just take it back a little bit in terms of uh, your story and what actually led you to the point of becoming a church planter. Um, uh, I'd just love to hear some of that story, some of the backstory. What, what is it that actually you, you felt called to, you know, go out and not just work at a church, but to start a new one? And that, that's, it's obviously a big decision. I think for me, it was almost like uh, the water that I was swimming in. And, and so I, I grew up in uh, a church that was affiliated uh, with a group in the UK. And so I spent a bit of time in the UK and um, it was just a natural progression for leaders in that space. Uh, they were planting churches all the time. And, and so when they were forming you and giving you opportunities to speak, uh, to lead, to run conferences, uh, all of that stuff was in the back of my mind leading towards starting something new because that was just the water that we swam in. And so when I came back to Sydney, again, that was just a really key part of uh, what I saw as my future. So I ended up in a Baptist church and and I remember in the interview saying to them, um, I'm only going to be here for a year because I'm going to go plant a church. You know, the arrogance of youth, I ended up being there for four years and they were incredibly formational and exposed me to a whole different way of thinking and approaching church. And I was incredibly blessed by that that experience and by that community. Um, So it's really been on my heart since I was about 16 and then uh, has, has kind of emerged since then. And in terms of the place, uh, I grew up on the northern beaches, but when I was 18, moved away. And, and for me, I really had a strong call back to that community. Uh, in particular, for us, um, there's a, a road that kind of divides the northern beaches to the eastern and the western side. And on the eastern side, it's the beach side. There, there's a lot of people and not a lot of churches. Um, it's the most densely populated places. And so we were really drawn to that area. And um, you can't buy real estate in that area. And uh, it's, it's a really transient community. Uh, so there's all of the challenges of urban ministry in a beachside suburb. And so for us, um, there was always in this, in this call to church planting a real strong sense of place for me. That's not the same for everyone, um, but that was true for me. One of the, the tensions that I think we're going to kind of explore as we go through our conversations in this podcast is that, you know, for people starting new things or starting church plants, um, there's often like a sense that you need to do everything, be a bit of a generalist, and there's kind of a risk that people can just become um, it kind of the, the whole thing is centered around that one leader. Uh, what did you learn through your journey? And, and, you know, I've heard you talk a little bit about kind of the APEST sort of giftings and team leadership. Do you have some reflections on... Yeah, things you've learned in that area. I can share lots of mistakes that I've learned. Maybe we could do a whole episode on that at another point in time. I think, um, I think from the very beginning, we were committed to uh, a plurality within our leadership model. Um, so I was still the team leader, but there was this sense that as we were to grow, we were going to grow through a diversity of gifts that could really bless and enrich the ministry in that place and within our neighbourhood. So uh, that meant obviously uh, that I had to answer questions around being bivocational. Uh, So I had a number of different jobs over the years and that enabled us to grow through adding people onto our team. So 
Uh, we, we thought long and hard about someone in the role of disciple making, someone in the role of community, and then kind of mine was around worship and teaching and vision casting stuff. So those three roles emerged. And um, we also, uh, the way in which we structured our church um, was to encourage uh, team-led ministry based around those core functions of the church. So worship, discipleship, community and mission. One of, one of the ways we viewed our gathering was that uh, when we gathered together, uh, we practiced what we would do throughout the week. And, and so on a worship focus gathering, we would spend an extended time in, in worship, whether that's sung worship, but we'd also try a whole bunch of other creative forms of worship. And there was a team that led our worship gathering. And then on our discipleship focus week, we would experiment with different forms of learning and we might have an extended sermon or we might try uh, some other ways of, of doing that. And then on community, uh, that focus week, we would have a team that, that um, put on a massive potluck dinner and we would do communion and we would hear stories of personal transformation. And then on our mission focus week, we were in the community. So we had things like barbecues and uh, we were engaged in community activities. And then sometimes when, when there wasn't anything going on, we would still gather, but we would hear stories of how people were being the sent ones into uh, their neighborhoods, their workplaces, their families. So each of those were led by a team that had a particular heart for that ministry area and uh, were able to uh, facilitate our broader growth as a community in each of those core functions. That's great. I love it. There's a lot to learn from uh, uh, other people's stories, and I love, I love hearing so many different uh, views and, and viewpoints. It always challenges me and causes me to ask uh, better questions. And really, that's what we want to do with this podcast, is invite uh, lots of different voices in, lots of different perspectives, and, and to hear um, and to hold attention of, of those things and uh, to, to draw out and learn uh, things from, from everyone and every episode that we have on. So the way that we're kind of structuring the whole season, each episode will have a guest and then um, you, Jamie, will lead a roundtable with Pip and Ken um, who are two, two great people that uh, will draw out a, a, a diversity of views on on what we've talked about in our interviews. So that's the kind of the, uh, the way forward for us and uh, the vision of, of this little season. And uh, we're looking forward to it. Yeah. And if you're listening, you know, part of the encouragement is to like uh, recognize that you're not going to agree with everything. So, so don't just like tap out when something comes up that you disagree with. There are probably things I disagree with. Um, but we want to, you know, I guess we just recognize that part of what a podcast can do is in our polarized, you know, headline, clickbait, uh, vox pop world, actually draw us into, you know, nuanced, deeper conversations. So even having that roundtable section at the end of each episode is kind of like maybe role modeling what we'd love for you to do. Listen to this stuff, get people together, talk about it. Um, we've tried to structure each episode in a way that both integrates uh, the kind of ideas with the practical, what does this look like in flesh? Um, Jamie, for you, like, I don't know, what energizes you about this podcast and what is your hope uh, that, it would, that it would do for people and that it would do for this conversation in Australia? One of the things that energizes me about this podcast is just seeing you guys do what you do well and inspire people towards uh, a different and a better future and creating conversation in which other people are inspired by ideas. I think for me, uh, creativity happens in community. It doesn't happen in isolation. You might think you've got a great idea, but it's probably because you read a book 
you listened to a podcast, you had a conversation with someone. So community sparks creativity. And my hope and dream is that this creates a community which sparks creativity, which sees uh, the forming church emerge in a way that sees lives transformed and sees communities uh, become uh, truly uh, engaged with this the, the kingdom of God and this new thing that God is doing. Yeah, it's great. And we would love you, the listener, to join in that community. There is a bunch of ways you can do that. You can follow us on Instagram at Forming Church. And uh, we would love for you to follow and comment and send us messages and ideas and questions and thoughts from, uh, from the podcast. We also have a Facebook group. It's called the Forming Church Podcast. If you just type it in, it'll come up. And uh we're hoping that really becomes a great place for discussion and for people to bounce ideas off one another and really create that community and, and that there would be creative ways that we would work together towards seeing a thousand healthy churches, not just here, but all, all across Australia and the world. And so um, I guess we just want to be uh, the holders of a little community mm. that centers around what God's doing and uh, asking better questions, listening to diverse people, and, uh, and following God in that way, seeing what he's saying. Absolutely. And we, we might be the ones using the microphones at this moment in time, but you know, I deeply believe, and I, I think all three of us probably do, that this conversation really actually comes to life um, when you are the one who, who engages with it, when you talk about it, when you talk to God about it, talk to your church about it, talk to your friends about it. Um, it's, you know, don't, don't be fooled by us on the mic. It's we don't want to just talk at you. Uh, we'd love to help lead you into something that is generative. Before we wrap up, Jamie, because you are our, our well, you're, you're a co-host of this podcast, but you're also a guest in, in, uh, in this episode in some sense. So we'd love to just go through our rapid fire questions with you that we're going to ask all of our guests. So you've got just a one word or one sentence answer to each of these. You up for it? Do I get a choice? <laughs> no. Okay, go. <laughs> What do you think is the biggest danger for the future of the church, particularly in Australia? To stop learning. What is currently giving you hope about the future of the church in Australia? People like you that are willing to learn and ask curious, open questions and yeah, discover what God's doing. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, what's influencing you right now? What uh, people or podcasts or books are you engaging with? I love to read. Um, that could be a really big, long answer. So I suppose what's influencing me at the moment is just seeing a diversity of church planters themselves who are reading widely and actually incorporating those things into their ministry, which is really built on formation and disciple making at its core. So that, that, that's really influencing me. Awesome. All right. This one is the hardest question. Everyone struggles with this one the most, it would seem. But if you had an infinite supply of one book that you could give to anybody you met, and it's only one book for the rest of your life, what would that book be? Is the Bible? Like, can you answer look, that? We haven't, we haven't explicitly said no to anyone, but look, assume everybody already owns a Bible. Assume everyone already owns a Bible. That's a big assumption. <laughs> Just for the sake of the rapid fire <laughs> questions, you can give them a Bible if they don't have one plus this book. Okay, well, I, I can tell you the book that I've really enjoyed recently in recent years is Faithful Presence by David Fitch. Mm. Great book, great book. And um, just to finish up, what would be uh, your two to three sentences that you would leave with the listeners of this podcast 
uh, church planters, those thinking about mission in their current context, what would be your your final uh, thoughts to them? Be open to the new thing that God is doing and approach it with a posture of humility and curiosity. Awesome. Thank you, Jamie. And uh, thank you, listener, for joining us on this journey. Hey, this podcast is sponsored by Baptist Financial Services. To find out more, visit bfs.org.au. We hope you are enjoying the Forming Church podcast. As fun as it is to listen to our voices, they are not the only ones that matter. Add your voice to the conversation by joining the Forming Church Facebook group or connecting with us on Instagram at Forming Church.